Destiny Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing a message from Ryan Schaefer entitled, What's the Latest? Following the message, take a look at the episode description to see scripture references, as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. Okay, so today um, we're going to be talking about a few different things, but the theme of it is what's the latest. When I say that, I mean it, and think about it as if we were sitting down to have a conversation and I asked you, hey, what's the latest? What's going on in your life? Well, as, uh, as people of the first world, <laughs> we look at our lives and, and there's a lot of things going on, isn't there? Let's go through and list some fun ones for a minute here. These are things that I, my mind goes to when you ask me, hey, what's the latest? What's going on? I can tell you, well, hey, I tell you what, this very month, a new iPhone gets dropped. I got some good, okay. I mean, and then, you know, there's iPhone and there's like, there's the other brands. There's just, you know, that's how, it, there's some off brands out there, but there's a new iPhone and that's kind of the pinnacle of, of good phones and everything else is just down here. Where's my Android lovers? You guys should be booing. What's the deal? I got a couple of Android lovers. All right. So anyway, we, we love phones, don't we? There's new models of vehicles. Yeah, there, I got a kid yelled that. Wow. All right. Here we go. That's perfect. Uh, but we got new vehicles coming out. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I do get excited about, I, I do love cars. And so whether it's a sports car or just simply a new truck, it's exciting. It's cool. And it can, you know, I, I, it's the latest thing. It's exciting to talk about. Uh, the latest in politics, you know, we, it's to, to Trump or not to Trump or to, to Biden or not to Biden. You know, we, we, we have all these conversations and those things are the latest. We talk about them, don't we? Hey, what's the latest? Uh, maybe a new career, maybe simply making more money, coming into some money. Uh, maybe it's a conversation about rising inflation and, and cost. Uh, maybe it's a conversations about the fellowship hall downstairs. You know, that's, that's new. That's exciting. That's the latest. New movies or TV series, uh, maybe the new coffee machine out in the foyer. That's, that's exciting to me anyway. I, I love coffee, and that machine is really cool, and it took a lot of energy and time to make that happen, so uh, that's exciting. Uh, but... Uh, Maybe it's just, you know, back to school. Hey, kids, back to school time, new clothes, right? If, you, if your parents can afford it, they take you, get you some new clothes. If your can't, parents couldn't afford it, kind of like my parents in certain seasons, I would get, where's Sarah Schaefer at? Sarah Schaefer's here. She has an older son, or older than me, a son named Scotty. I would get Scotty's hand-me-downs for my back to school stuff. I'd get some Jinko jeans. It was good times back in the day. And Sarah has great taste, and uh, she had one kid. So Scott had nice clothes, let's just be honest, and I was getting those clothes. It's probably better than if I went to the store. You know, it's kind of one of those deals. So I was thankful. But, uh, you know, maybe it's my, you know, the latest thing. I'm wearing my, uh, my, my purse, as some of you refer to it as my purse. My daughters all call it a purse. I try to explain to them it's a man purse, so it's a purse. But, you know, it's my new briefcase in reality. That's exciting. That's new for me. Maybe you're on a new diet. Maybe you got a new pet. Maybe you got some new tools. I don't know, guys, that's me. Maybe makeup for ladies or something else. I don't know. But for me, it was new tools. Just last week, I got a sweet deal. On, oh, yeah, J Jeremy's all excited about these new tools. I got a sweet deal on some tools, so I could talk to you for quite a while about tools. So, yeah, Hannah goes, yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I'm not so much this guy, but I know some of you in here and some ladies as well. New football season is rolling in. Yeah, there we go. Yep, football. So... We can spend a lot of time on the latest thing talking about football, can't we? But the question is, how long do those things last? How long does the, the, shiny, the shiny state of that new thing in your life last? We know the football season is going to come to a close, but in the meantime, we're excited about all the things that are going on, and they can kind of consume some of our time, can't they? No, I love it. No. But hey, how about this? You know, I've, I've kind of listed some things that are a little more on the positive side, but hey, what's the latest in the pain and suffering? You know, we're on earth, which is we know a place where we experience pain and suffering. We don't experience that in heaven, but while we're here, we do experience those things. So what's the latest? Maybe, as Aaron was saying, new bills and debts, you know, kind of thing. Hey, that's, that's a real thing. And as Aaron was stating too, I like this, Aaron, you set this up well, just that they can give you fear and anxiety, can't they? Those things. 
Uh, you know, maybe it's gossip about you. Maybe it's you gossiping. Uh, maybe it's a, a new hole in your roof. Something as simple as it rained and I have a drippy, drippy roof. There goes $4,000 of a repair. You know, that, that sucks. Um, maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a diagnosis <clears throat> recent for you that you um, found out some, some bad news. Uh, maybe you're newly out of a job or recent lost election, either way you wanted that to go or, or want to let whatever. Uh, maybe it's new laws that uh, you feel are oppressing you and they, they give you all kinds of fear for society. Um, Maybe it's a recent loss, though, in the family. Maybe you lost a, a family member or a friend. Maybe it's something as simple and goofy as you lost a pet. Some of you pet lovers are like, Ryan, how dare you say simple or goofy just now? Because I like what Eric said last week. Pets don't have souls, though that does hurt when we lose them. I'll be honest. My dog is on. She's at a maximum lifespan. So any day now, I'm going to accept that I might lose my dog. So... So say, see, Joey, I, I was raised on a farm, so you know what I'm saying? I, I have a little more uh, whatever, but Dad always warns me, don't get too attached to that dog, son. It's going to die someday. <laughs> like, Thanks, Dad. Uh, maybe you just simply have some new anxieties and depressions that you're unaware of where they came from. You can't quite take down what it is that's giving me this. Uh, maybe it's, uh, again, you know, some sort of imbalance in your body. I don't know, but Things on this list, the, whether it's the positive or the negative, they can consume, may I say devour, the vast majority of our headspace and time and conversations and energy, can't they? They absolutely can. And I'm realizing that because I made this list based off my own life's experience, saying, man, there's things that just take up too much of my time, and it's really strange, but it's the latest and it's exciting. Again, because you and I both live in the first world. Whether you uh, say, Ryan, I'm too poor to experience all those new exciting things. Uh, hey, you still are in the first world and you're st still experiencing a lot of new things regardless. So, uh, the good news is this. That everything I mentioned is but a vapor described to us in Scripture. I'm not making that up. It's described to us. Whether it's pain and sorrow or whether it's that new thing, it is but a vapor. It rains, and as soon as that hot sun, we all can feel it today, we're in the 90s, hot sun comes out, in a few minutes it evaporates. Isn't that kind of crazy? And Scripture says that's what your life is. It's temporary. It's but a vapor. Whoa. So all these things that we spend our vapor life uh, trying to enjoy are even less uh, long life. They're even more temporary. Let me say it like that. They're even more temporary. That's kind of wild. So we need to look at our lives as, as, uh, as Christians and figure out who we're going to be as a Christian, specifically here in the first world where there is a lot for you to consume. You are the consumer of the world. When you say, I mean, like you are the guy, you are the, the men and women that buy everything on earth. Like that's what you do because we're the first world. But as Christians, we have to watch out for this because it'll become a problem. And I, I've kind of narrowed it down into two, th this idea between being a believer or a follower. Because everybody in this room, for the most part, I hope, and if you're not saved yet, I'm excited you're in the room. You're in the right place today, the right time. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be a great opportunity, and I'll make that opportunity happen here at the end of this service for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You do that, and you become a believer. That does not make you a follower of Jesus. And that's what we're after today. That's the conversations we're after today. Uh, because I'm not talking to uh, ancient Middle East, am I? We're not in the ancient Middle East, are we? Jesus wasn't working with a bunch of men that were constantly on their cell phones, was he? But that's who I'm ministering to in 2023. A bunch of men and women in the first world consuming inconceivably, like you, no one on earth ever thought people would be this powerful that the average Joe could own a home or try to be owning a home, at least call it his home, and have a car, maybe more than one car, maybe a TV, maybe more than one TV. That's in, and you could afford to pay somebody to do something for you. In the world standard, that is unbelievable power. And some of you guys can do much more than that, can't you? That's who we're ministering to. That's 
that's the call here as ministers. I'm not the only, I may be the one speaking today, but you're also a minister of the gospel. So let's focus in and make sure we can be effective as Christians, as uh, people that say yes to Jesus. So I set up a list of things that can kind of consume our time, but let me say you have a chance to not let those things rule your life if you choose to be a follower and not just a believer. So if you are a follower of Jesus, these things will not have authority over your hope or your joy or your peace or your love or your love level or how much, how much joy you carry. I, there's just, just this intoxicating thing when a, when a follower of Jesus shows up and you're like, hey man, the, the government's doing this and the, they're spying on me and they're all, and the, this, this, and, and the, 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 the Levi Vincent shows up and he's like, yeah man, Jesus is good. And I'm like, Levi, they're spying on you right now. And Levi's like, oh, Ryan, the Lord is just so good, man. He's just good this morning, isn't he? Yes, but Levi, you're missing it. You know, and it's, you know, actually, Ryan, you're missing it. Yes. Ryan, you've missed it. You've let these things eat up your life, and you've lost perspective entirely of who you said yes to when you said yes to Jesus. So, Let's focus in on that. Uh, I want to say this before we jump, jump away because I did bring up some pain and suffering stuff and there is going to be an emotional response. An emotional response is absolutely good and proper. You should have emotions. Um, there is overly emotional, yeah, where these emotions control you. You can't get control over them. That's not okay. There is also this side of it where you don't experience emotions because emotions scare you and they're kind of tricky, aren't they? That's not okay either. You got to get in the middle because Jesus experienced emotion, didn't he? We see him crying. We see him angry, flipping over tables. We see him with, with, um, with great joy. We see him with uh, compassion. He experiences emotion. You should be experiencing emotion too. And if you aren't experiencing it or you don't want to experience it, I'd say, hey, that's not a godly thing to be doing, my friend. A godly thing would be to move towards emotion. But if you're also, like I said, in this camp of overly emotional, hey, that is unstable. It's not okay. Let's move towards stability, and that stability is Jesus. So I want to touch on the emotion just before we dive into these two different aspects of being a believer or a follower. What is, I've kind of, I've already got there, and I'm reading my notes, I'm ahead of my notes a little bit, but I, I want to focus in on and say it more specifically. A believer is a believer uh, that believes in the existence of Jesus initially. And hopefully they take the next step and accept the fact that he died for their sins and that you can't make up for your sins. Only the perfect blood of the lamb could make up for your sins. So you accept that Jesus is your savior. But you continue to let the worldly things consume the majority of your life. This is when you don't, this is, this, these are all the examples Jesus says. Hey, um, uh, come follow me. Hey, but you know, um, I, I got I to bury my father first. He says what? Let the dead bury their, their own dead. Come follow me. He talks to a rich man. Hey, Jesus, what is it? What does it take? What does it take? Sell everything and follow me. Get rid of it all and follow me. And the man's very sad for he had much. Right? really pretty similar to us Americans. We have much. Even though you might be saying, hey, Ryan, I'm not, I don't have a palace. You don't have to have a palace to have much by the world standard. Even by biblical standard, if you live in a house and drive a car that has rust on it but gets you from A to B, you have much. If you have food in the cabinet, whew, you got much. And this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, get rid of all of it and follow me. So, well, Ryan, literally, well, you get what I'm saying and you get where we're headed with this. So um, what happens, though, is that a believer will have salvation but no transformation. And you'll have, you'll have uh, little to no renewing of your mind. And that's really where the problem plays out as a simple believer in Jesus but not a person that's willing to get rid of everything to follow Jesus. Because it's those things that you need to get rid of that are holding your mind back from being transformed, from being renewed. Like you cannot have forward motion without getting rid of the old. Like you can't put new wine into the old wineskin. 
You need a new wineskin. Aaron was saying it again. You need to be baptized and die to yourself to come alive to Christ. This is what happens. This is the idea. So let's get into some scripture on this. I've been telling you lots of things, but let's dive into the scripture. Uh, we're going to talk about believers being specifically hearers of the word. This, of course, comes from James 1. It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. Uh-oh. That's exactly what we were talking about a second ago, isn't it? All the things of this world and all the, the exciting latest football and new iPhones and new cars and pol politics and the new TV series that I'm going to spend eight hours this weekend binging. That's called deluding yourself, not giving everything to God, but holding some back so you can enjoy the first world accommodations and pleasures and relaxation and entertainment. This is the moment that I say, oh no. <laughs> when I read that scripture, oh no. Like that's actually what I thought when I read this scripture. <laughs> oh man, I do delude myself with all kinds of things of this world. For if anyone, this is, but it really gets, it, it, it drives home the point here. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who is, who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. And I wrote here, uh oh, like the drive home from church. We, drive, we leave this place and we almost immediately forget about all these good and godly exciting things. Or it's uh, Gavin Tate comes to visit and you're getting prayed for and, and your, your healings are happening. You're like, oh my gosh, God does heal. I forgot about that. And, you know, and, and some, something happens and you get it, or it's, it's an encounter weekend and, and you really get breakthrough. And you're like, man, I'm going to make this last. But on the way home, the drive home from Encounter Weekend, you think about all those things that are still there for you to go back to. And this isn't even just sin. This is just literal things and responsibilities and a big career. And man, how did you get where you got before Encounter? By having all those things that were there now when you come back. So you see, for you to move away from being just a believer to a follower... Things must change. There's, there's got to be change and sacrifice. And your life will have to look different. Or else we'll be like this person that looks in the mirror, walks away, and just forgets who they are. I've done it. I'm saying that because that's me. Uh, <clears throat> but let's continue to read. This is going to put some more words to some more things that happen, specifically even here at church for me. It says uh, in Isaiah, we're going to read a couple of these, but um, we're going to read in Isaiah here. And it says, and the Lord said, this is um, the Lord talking uh, to Isaiah about the Israelites. Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. So we'll stop there and say, hey, that's, I'll say it like this. That has been me on a Sunday morning. Uh, somebody's up here leading worship. What's the song, uh, To Worship You I Live? To worship you I live. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good song, right? And no, nobody likes that song. Wow, <laughs> terrible song. Probably for the same reason I, I have a hard time with the song. You know why? Because I, I want to sing that song, but I'm lying, aren't I? I'm lying. I don't worship, I don't live to worship you, God. I live to come to Sunday morning and worship you, but throughout the week, I worship myself and serve myself. I, I, I binge watch the shows because I want that for me. I eat what I want because I want that for me. I buy what I buy because of me. I don't think about you, God, throughout the week. I might pray, God, do you want me to have this brand new beautiful Chevrolet truck? Oh yeah, of course you do. God's a good God, prosperity baby. Here we go. What is uh, Roy Fields to say it like this? God bless you with that truck and the payments. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, exactly. So I sing worship. I try to sing worship songs on a Sunday morning, and I realize I don't live out most of these songs that we're singing. And all of a sudden, I stop singing because I do do one thing, and I have done this. God has really gotten down on me on, on fearing him. And I will not be irreverent with God. So I just stopped singing because I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, really, I've really screwed that up recently. So 
Uh, God, I'm really sorry. So all of a sudden I changed from singing to praying to apologizing to repenting to having God say, hey, buddy, it's okay. You know, I love you. Let's, let's, let's move forward. That's the key. Uh, but the last thing I want to say in that scripture is, and uh, this is going to be where it hits hard. And uh, this is still in uh, Isaiah 29. It says, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. And that's what I'm referring to. If you fear God because you're told to, it's not very effective. You, we tell our kids, go apologize to your sister. How genuine is that apology? Sorry, Liberty. I did it. I did it, Dad. I apologized. Yeah, you're right. That was pretty, pretty pointless. This is what we do with commandments. Uh, if you don't let this word today even sink into your heart and you try to act out what I've been describing, but it didn't hit your heart, you're just trying to give a facade to even yourself of, man, I fear God. Well, no, it starts in, a, in your heart. It's got to be a personal revelation. And really, I hope you like, man, what is Ryan talking about today? And go seek out some stuff for yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because that is where real fear and awe and reverence of God comes from. Not from me force-feeding you here on a Sunday morning. It doesn't work that way. So he says it again, but I want to narrow in on uh, another aspect of this. Uh, not he, but Jeremiah, the next prophet, says it like this. You are near to their lips, but far from their mind. But he says, but you, you know me, O Lord. You see me, and you examine my heart's attitude towards you. So often, people here in the church, us, all of us, me, Ryan here in the church, we worship God, we act like things are good, but at the end of the day, unless you have that revelation of, oh yeah, I don't actually believe what I'm saying, if you don't have that, then you continue on and you create a projected image of yourself. I really want these people to see that I'm worshiping God well so that I kind of look good. Or maybe it's the opposite. You know, I just need more prayer and, and, you, and you're, you, you are the drama person. You, you suck down on drama and you're like, hey, I, I, you know, I got I to have, I need. So either you try to look good or you try to look uh, dramatic and needy. And either way, it's all about you. You know, that's the deal. And at the end of the day, you're really tricking yourself more than anybody because God sees you. He sees right past any action that you might have, and he sees your heart, and he knows its intentions. There's no reason to hide from God. God hasn't forgot you. He always sees you. He's always there. That's a, that, this is a moment that is a heavy one for me. So <clears throat> I want to focus in, though, on the latest things. We've been talking about God. You know, God sees us. He, he knows us. He knows even if we try to pay lip service to him, it doesn't work. But why, how would we get there? After an encounter, we, who's been on encounter? Okay, yep, lots of people, lots of people. Um, who, who had a good time on encounter, man? Had some breakthrough. I had double hands. Kyle, come on, baby, that's right. That's awesome. So encounter weekend's powerful. So we experienced something like an encounter weekend and like I said, on the way home, we, we like the person forgetting what they look like in the mirror, we, we forget and we just go back to life. How does that happen? Have you ever asked yourself that question? How does that happen? How is it that guy that went on encounter three weeks ago comes back and he's kind of just like slumped back into the same old thing? We've already talked about it, but I want to go more specific. I, wanna, I really want to snipe out some things in our life that are real problems for us in the first world. So we discover ourselves wrapped up in worldly things, right, don't we? And when I say wrapped up, you say, well, no, I'm not, I don't, they don't hold me. But do they give you joy? Do they give you hope? Or do they give you, and I'll say it like this, a synthetic feeling of in intimacy? Because it's not authentic, it's synthetic. So do you, you get some of that from worldly things. You may be able to tell me I'm not wrapped up in them, but do you find some of your source, some of your feeding? Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus is describing that you're not just fed by food, are you? He's describing that I'm fed. He's saying, Jesus is saying, I'm fed by God. But in the first world, we're fed by things and being, being a consumer of things. So, I'm going to hit a couple little spots. Again, personal confession here. This is what's going on. Some of the things that consume too much of my time. 
And they're not the big ones. They're the little ones that happen every single day all the time. <laughs> it's just little. Yeah, but it's a beach. There's a whole bunch of sand. You know, it's a little grain of sand, but it's a beach of sand. Yeah, they're small grains, but it is a lot, man, if you add it all up. So uh, excessive online shopping. This is something I do. I love to look up, my, my buddies know, Slick Deals is an app I use. Tim showed me that a while back. And it'll show you the deals. I put on dealers for DeWalt Tools. Big TVs, whatever. Boom, that's this one's half price or whatever. Ah, get it. It gotta happen, it's gotta happen right now. That deal's getting those deals usually only last for like 12 hours. So you're always panicked to try to get the deal fast. And it's kind of exciting. <laughs> exactly. Okay, all right, so there's one. Or uh, incessant need to watch TV. Or for younger people, play, play video games. I cannot sleep without watching a little TV. Who's that? Anybody in this room? Like, man, I need a little TV to fall asleep, don't you? Right. Just like a baby needs a nook to fall asleep, you need a TV to fall asleep. Right? Nobody, wants to, nobody wanted to shout amen on that. I get it. I understand. I understand. I get it. However, I still want to bring that truth to you because this is something where you, you're finding rest in something that's not godly. Ryan, it is, because I'm watching, uh, what are the, the 700 Club. I'm watching, uh, you know, so it's godly. So then read scripture then. If, if, well, I am not a good reader. I don't like, it actually is just the screen, man. And you're justifying using the screen by putting something godly on it. It is the screen that's pacifying you. So that's a thing. That's a real deal. Uh, but the biggest one, and the one that I'm going to spend a little time on, I know that I, I've already spent a little time on everything, uh, but I really want to narrow down on this one, because I want to say this is number one 2023 problem uh, in, for everybody. And I know there's a few that are like, no, it's not me. And I get it, and I'm really happy for you. Obsessive phone usage. Can we just be honest for a minute? Please be honest, and just tell me. If you're spending, I'll say it like this, if you're spending more than two hours a day on a phone, and that, that's not two hours straight, that's looking here, 15 minutes, all right, I'm on the toilet, I have to have my phone on the toilet. I couldn't possibly go to the bathroom without a phone so I can watch videos um, at work. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta keep checking, I gotta keep checking these things, you know? And then you're at home, you're trying to hang out with the kids, I gotta keep checking the emails, you know, this is important, it's my job, it's my career. So uh, kids, you know, I'm, you know, right? Right? So okay, just give me a hand, and maybe I'll close my eyes for your sake kind of thing. Hey, obsessive phone usage, uh, yeah, that's me. It's, it's just obsessive. So uh, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, uh, you know, like I said, the only real company that makes cell phones. There's some other randos out there, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he, communi- he said this. He says, hey, cell phones, we created them for communication, not for people to live on them. That's a... That, uh, that's not a man that's, uh, 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 he's not a self-proclaimed believer. So that's, that is an inventor. It's telling you a, a whatever we're going to say here, because he, he's not a believer, a worldly man saying, hey, these phones aren't good for you to be on all the time. I do, he actually is talking about, hey, I try to not be on my phone too much. I only use it for communication because it's a real problem. So I'm going to go for parents for a minute. I am a parent, again, I'm trying to tell you that this is a life, this whole sermon is a life confession for me. It's a conversation about what's going on in my life. Uh, phone usage. So phone usage by parents. Who's a parent in this room of a kid that even if they're a teenager? Yep. Okay, so we have parents. Okay, so phone usage by your parents. Turns out it does affect your children, your phone usage. How soon, though? How soon will it affect that child? You know, like eight years old, Right? The day they're born. There are studies show. oh, Ryan, what study? Dude, Google it. Give me a break. (laughs) Google it. Every source, there's nobody that says it's good, for starters. Every source out there says this, but there is one specifically that said even nursing mothers want to be on their phone, and it has a negative effect on their infant. Their infant gets less. Ryan, those infants can't really even see very good. Isn't that what the... Listen... I'm just telling you that I'm, I'm just the bearer of the bad news, man. Don't, don't beat up the messenger here. Uh, it has an effect even on your newborn child. They, they will, you'll stunt their development. Specifically, you'll stunt their, their, um, their emotional development. It's equivalent of, if you remember connection codes, of still facing your child. 
excessive phone usage. And that doesn't stop. So if you continue to use your phone uh, uh, obsessively around your children, you're still facing them. You're not teaching them interaction or emotional interaction, and they're missing out. And it will continue to delay them. It is that, okay, so that's for us. Kids, even kids that don't have cell phones yet, are claiming mom and dad's usage affects me, and I have... I have problems in life. I have depression. I have anxiety that they don't even have a phone, some of those people, some of those kids. But let's go where it doesn't even hold, doesn't hold anything on the fact of giving your child a smartphone. The effects are devastating, almost immeasurable. The, 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 the effects are, but I'll tell you, they are measurable in the reaction of uh, a psychiatrist. Uh, Adriana Stacy claims, uh, a child that's struggling with anxiety and depression, we can almost always track it to the moment they got a smartphone. Okay, but this specifically hits teenage girls very hard. Suicide rates are through the roof, specifically with girls that are on social media. It's destroying this next generation. But it's cool, isn't it? But Tim Cook says, hey man, I know I'm making cool phones for y'all. And I got a cool circle building where we got even cooler technology pumping out of. And I can give you a watch and I can give you a thing. I give you the new halo lenses. They're coming out. And we're going to go even further to a virtual reality, an extended reality, and then really disappear into isolation. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of excited to wear it once. I've had virtual reality on once and it was, it was, too, it was too real. It was scary. And I said, yeah, no, I, I feel like a weirdo here in a room with a bunch of people in another room somewhere else digitally. It's, it's, it's strange. That is what you're up against. So uh, maybe you could be like Lee Binky. Is Lee Binky here today? No. He's not. Okay, Lee Binky is a flip phone guy. And he's hard to get a hold of. I'm going to be honest. It's a little hard to get a hold of him. Uh, and mainly I blame Ethan's reception. But, uh, but uh, he also has a home phone. And I leave messages on his home phone. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's very fun. But Lee is not. You don't want to know what Lee does. Uh, Lee's retired, and he built a gazebo in his backyard. He built a geodome. He's built, uh, he, he makes stained glass. Okay, but what, do you, what is your 15-year-old going to do when they get older? They're going to just be on their halo lenses, man. They're, they're, what are those called? The Apple lenses. What'd you build today, son? Oh, dad, I built the coolest thing in Minecraft. <laughs> but it's not real, it's, you may, maybe even you can gain some intelligence maybe somehow by doing all this stuff. And maybe you're like, you're, oh, my son's going to be a programmer. Okay, but at the end of the day, what did he produce with his hands? Well, some, you know, some software, some stuff. But we find that this stuff has a negative effect on your actual physical health. Though you get paid, the money's there, isn't it? So that's the conversation I wanted to have. You're going to do with it what you will. Do the research yourself. Make a decision. But know that your usage affects your children. Grandparents, your usage of a phone or handing that grandchild a phone affects that ch child negatively. So if you want to harm your child, I know, whoa, Ryan, how dare you say that? I'm not saying it again. I'm bringing you the statistics. They're saying it. It is harmful to children. There you go. Okay. I think that those things are the core of our struggles in the first world as to why we are believers and not followers. Because I told you, uh, excessive online shopping, uh, uh, incessant need to watch TV and get a screen in front of my face, uh, and just overuse of my phone has distracted me from Encounter Weekend. I go home and I just get on the whatever, the Xbox, the TV, and all of a sudden, all those cool things. Well, isn't it kind of strange? Hold on. What is it that we tell you not to use on Encounter? Well, what in the world? We don't use a phone, and then all of a sudden, you have a ton of breakthrough? Man, that's so strange. What is, why is it in, the, in third world countries, people get healed and miracles happen? Doesn't happen here in America very often, does it? What's so different about that? What's different about the image of a third world country? So I can't stress the point anymore. I think we've nailed it. If you've missed it, dude, you're going to miss it, even if I spent the next six hours talking to you about it. 
there is a big difference. And I don't want to throw, I'm not trying to throw uh, the baby out with the bathwater. I like that, like Doc Nichols here this last week. We used cell phones to do some miracles. I was able to connect with my sisters, get some prayer and healing there. That was cool. So they can be used in the right context for communicating. But we are put in front of our face the actual problem that is drawing us away. So what we discover is ourselves wrapped up in things of this world to find, like I said earlier, hope and joy and some intimacy and, and some peace and to be pacified. Well, all the while believing that God is our provider, don't we? As a believer, God's my provider. If I ask you, you'll tell me that. But is that really what's being displayed and expressed in your life? But by consuming the things of this world, that we, we, we start to experience a disenchantment with the things of God. Why do I say that? Because nowadays you're having to read about miracles because you're not seeing them actively, possibly. I hope you are, but maybe you're not. I recently had a, I say this because I recently had a conversation with somebody close to me. And she was like, you know, Ryan, I just, you know, we, growing up in church, we would see all these miracles and it was exciting or we'd hear about them at least and um, you know, I, I don't see them, man. I don't, I don't see them. And I, I'm not, you know, it's, yeah, and even in church, we didn't see them that much. So what's going on here? She's affected her, this has affected her faith. I said, well, you know, you're not currently active in a church. Um, you know, you, you pray, but you also work a lot and you're involved in a lot of other things. And so you don't really, it, you're asking to get water of a well that you haven't dug you haven't dug that well in your life of miracles and signs and wonders. You've dug the well of maybe prosperity in your life. Maybe you're really prosperous, but you don't see signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, maybe you have a lot of breakthrough in all kinds of other areas, but this one needs work. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, we realize all things. Jesus says, don't store up things here on earth where moth and rust can consume them but build and store up things in heavenly places, right? Because there they last for eternity. I don't care if you're a millionaire here today. If you don't follow Jesus, your life isn't a success. It's a failure. Woof, woof, how dare you? I'm actually saying that about myself as well. This is really important that uh, we get these. So um, I'm really excited about this. But what happens then is... We spend so much time in, the, in, the, in this world, in the, in the latest things of this world and, and on our phone that we start talking about hearing God's voice. Do you hear God's voice? Followers of Jesus, to follow Jesus, you have to be able to hear his voice. But what happens is that all of a sudden one sheep says to the other, what does the shepherd's voice sound like? Have you heard it lately? I'm having a tough time knowing if I'm hearing God on this. I, I, I have a tough time from time to time knowing if I'm actually hearing God's voice. The, the analogy that we, it's hard for us to understand uh, is sheep. Nobody's, is anybody a sheep farmer here? Absolutely nobody. And I'm not even a sheep farmer anymore. I grew up on a, on a sheep farm where my dad could yell and from half mile away, sheep would come running. He'd say, here, sheep. So I'm just like, I always try to pretend like I sounded like it. Once in a while, I think I got him. But they would know his voice. They wouldn't come for somebody else, but they would know his voice. But nowadays in the first world church, we say, what does the shepherd sound like? I don't know. But did you hear the latest on Donald Trump? He got indicted again. It's the strangest thing. Did you, the new iPhone's coming out, man. I get, did you see my new truck, dude? It's, it is awesome. You know, like, that's the first world it's pretty rare that we actually talk about the shepherd's voice. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a problem that we got to face. So I need to move really fast. I'm out of time and I have a page. And I'm excited though because I can, we're going to blow through this stuff. It's going to be good. So followers, followers are doers, not just hearers, but they're doers of the word. They sacrifice things. They, they leave the dad that needs to be buried. They leave the dad that needs to be buried. I think that's really too harsh for the first world to ever understand what's happening there. Nobody in this room is going to go on a ministry trip uh, and let their dad die in a, in a hospital bed. Nobody here, right? Nobody here is going to do that. That's why I'm saying there's a little bit of lost translation from that era to this, and that's important. So I'm not going to, I can't go anywhere with that right now, but I want to throw that there. So it says here, 
Talking about hearing the shepherd's voice, Psalms 95. Uh, For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. How do we harden our hearts? We leave encounter and we get back on our phones. We get back into the things of this world. We get all distracted. Oh, Ryan, hey, dude, I'm not. It's, it's, I'm on my phone, but I'm not looking at pornography on my phone, Ryan. I'm, I'm doing business. I'm doing whatever. Ryan, I'm on my phone, but I'm not gambling. or what. I'm just trying to think of bad things you can do on your phone. Uh, you justify being consumed by this world with things that are good and fine because they're my career, they're my... But all the while, you lose the sound of the shepherd's voice. And in doing so, you harden your heart to it. That's what harden your heart. It's not the whole Pharaoh, angry, mean. By the way, Pharaoh had an option. Jesus didn't, or God didn't just harden his heart. He had an option, and then his heart was hardened. Just like you have an option to not harden your heart. It's that still small voice that says, hey, today, don't get on, the, don't get on Netflix and watch three hours of, of, of shows that are crap anyway. Uh, come and meet with me. I want to see you. I love you. I care about you. I want, I, want, I want to look at you in the face. This is God talking to you, trying to draw you away from things of this world. But again, we have this opportunity. Ooh, yeah, that sounds kind of boring. I'm going to be honest with you. Go to a room and pray or go read my... That's kind of boring. Anyway, what's the latest series again? Oh, they lost the game. Dang it. Check out my fantasy. What's the fantasy? I got uh, my fantasy league. All right, I won $10 this week. Lost 500. You, do, are you getting what I'm saying? First world church, you will continue to lose if you can't leave this world behind you. This is it. So what do we find? We find followers, they hear his voice and they obey his voice. Uh, next the scripture here is Hebrews 13. Make sure that your character is free from love of money, being content with what you have. Oh, yikes, ouch. First worlders, it's all about money. You know what? When you make 30 grand, you say, I'm broke, I need more money. When you make 50 grand, I'm still broke, man. My neighbor still has more. When you make $100,000, I don't make as much as my boss. He's got a boat. All right, so then you get to your boss's stage. You make $200,000. $200,000, man, the people in Panther Creek, I can't even barely live in Panther Creek, $200,000. I'm gonna need a new Escalade, so I'm gonna have to make some more money. Then you make a half million dollars. Then you realize now you're in more debt for some reason than you've ever been in and you make a half million dollars a year. Your joy level has plummeted and those people start committing suicide or doing weird stuff. Money is not the answer. More, if you're here in this room and your goal is to make a little more money, it's not the answer. It will create more problems in your life. That's the old joke. More, more money, more problems. Well, it's true. So the love of money, you can have some money, it just can't have you, that's what we're saying here. Um, uh, So scripture, he's gonna continue to say here, uh, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, fear, uh, or I will not be afraid. Uh, What will man do to me? So now he's gonna allude to the fear of man. So you either fear man, that's why you can't drive a vehicle that's rusty, I'm one of those people. I really despise rusty vehicles. If you have one, good for you. If it's an A to B, awesome. I don't want to be caught dead in a rusty vehicle. I just, it's just a thing. I grew up in rusty vehicles. I don't want to be caught dead in one. Well, that's because I care about what people think about me. Because I don't want to be one of those dudes driving a rusty vehicle. But if I believe that God's my provider, I wouldn't care about what people think about me when I'm driving around my vehicle. So there's, there's a strike, strike of balance. Don't drive a piece of junk, cut people off, and have a Jesus fish up there. And you know what I'm saying? Be a good steward, for crying out loud. But at the same time... Uh, You cannot be afraid of what man says. You need to only fear the one who can both kill your body and throw you into eternal death because no man or woman living can do that. That's what is happening here. So followers, they fear God. Uh, The next one is you worship God. Followers, worship God. Um, we already talked about this whole, my lips are far from him, but it says here in Hebrews, it says, uh, through him then let us continually offer up sacrifices of praise that, that is the 
Fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. Through him means that you were never gonna give a genuine uh, sacrifice and worship without the blood of Jesus. Now that you have the blood of Jesus, you can genuinely worship him. You have the unbelievable opportunity with your lips. As uh, Nathan said, he likes hands. Jesus really likes your lips singing praise and offering sacrifices. This is something I use in my life if I'm struggling with temptation, if I'm struggling with any kind of, uh, I'm feeling weak, like physically I feel weak sometimes. I don't sleep enough at night or something like that. I get tired. I offer up praise to God when my flesh is weak and I can win battles. How many of you struggle mentally with, uh, don't, don't even raise your hand. You, I'll just know. I'll raise my hand uh, with temptation, with, uh, with fear, uh, with anxiety or depression. It's a battle here, isn't it? Yes. You can win that ba- battle by daily. Don't miss a day. Let me go this far. Don't miss a day. And maybe don't miss in a morning or evening. Like narrow down the gaps as much as possible that you start saying, Jesus, I love you. I worship you. You're holy. There's none like you. I don't deserve you, and yet you love me still. It doesn't make perfect sense, and I I just receive that goodness. And you start to receive the goodness of God, and all of a sudden, all your depression has no power over you because you stop thinking about you for a second. Number one cause, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go that extreme. Uh, and this is, this is me, I'm not looking at any statistics here. But this is something I, I hear often from, I was talking to Gavin about this, I was talking to Nathan about this. People that really struggle with anxiety, anxiety and depression, if it's not a chemical imbalance, it's because you think about yourself a lot. You're worried about you. Oh man, am I successful? Am I not successful? Am I, are my kids gonna eat tomorrow? Am I, is this house gonna fall down? Is, is, uh, uh, um, oh man, oh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Who is your provider? Who's your provider? Well, then why are you worried with fear and anxiety? You can say it. That's kind of crazy right now, isn't it? As a follower of Jesus, this will less, it's much less likely to happen. I'm not telling you it's not going to happen, but I'm telling you it's much. But as a mere believer, it's pretty likely that you're going to struggle with those things because you got your mind wrapped up in worldly things. So, okay. Um, oh, man, come on. We repent. This is something I really want to touch on, and then we're done. Okay, so uh, it says in Hebrews 4, Therefore, since we have a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. This is going to be an important one. Please don't lose me. This is an important one because I used to think confession meant like confession of our faith. Though if you just continue to read, you'll realize it's not confession of our faith, though it can be. It's the confession of struggles in our life. Sonia, where'd she? Oh, she, she had, they had to leave. I know that. She wrote me. Um, Sonia had a confession today a little bit about something, uh, struggle in her life. She came up in front of you and said something that was hard to hear and maybe made her look like not a perfect person up on a pedestal. Perfect. God can finally work with you. But until you're willing to admit and confess the things going on in your life, God can't work with you. Fear of God should come up right now and say, oh my gosh, God's not working in my life because I can't confess any of my sin. I, am, I have, by my own will, chose to no longer be uh, a follower. I may believe in God, but I'm certainly not a follower. This is a big deal. So why is it a big deal? What am I referring to? Because it says it like this. And why would you want to go to God to confess? Because you already know he's this judge. He's this perfect person. No, it says right here, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize for our weakness. We're weak. Can I get a hallelujah? It's through our weakness that, he makes, that he's made powerful and strong. He's our strength. If you're strong, you don't need God. And let me tell you, you need God. So, uh, but, but one who has been tempted in all things, so he knows the temptation you struggles, and yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy. Come on. Come on. And that mercy and that grace is going to help us in the time of need. Come on. So my final charge here is, uh, well, let me say it like the, the last point there of a follower is a person that confesses. Confession is a thing that the Protestant church kind of tried to do and then the evangelical church kind of did away with almost. Uh, not everybody, not every mutual denomination, but 
confession is really important. So uh, a point of confession that has liberated me, I'm, I'm trying to teach you from my standpoint of my worldly 2023 experience, is that I told you all these things get me, but if I'll confess to uh, whoever it affects, if it's something of lust or temptation, and my eyes are wandering to other women, I confess to my wife because it affects her. But I also confess to God. But if I, and I did this for years, if I confess just to God, there's not a lot of accountability, is there? I didn't confess to my wife. There's no breakthrough. And guess what I continue to struggle with? Isn't that strange? Just like God said in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. In a perfect garden with a perfect God, in a perfect world, it's not good. So it's not good for you to only confess to God. You must do the hard, brave, adult thing to do, and that is to confess to the person that it's affected and you'll have massive breakthrough in your life. I promise you, because I know I have it, and I'm not special, and I'm not extra smart. Uh, and so if I can get it, you definitely can get this breakthrough. And it's big. So, uh, okay. So uh, <clears throat> repent. Uh, and repent. Let me say, like, our sins are not hidden. There's no reason not to repent. Uh, we're only tricking ourselves. And what we need to do is go to Jesus and repent. How do we do this? We go and it's his kindness. It's that arms wide open and that warm smile that says, I conquered death. Come here, buddy. You think death is holding you back from me? Death is nothing. I conquered it. I have domain. I rule. And I did it for you. So don't hold. My daughter, when she gets mad at me, sometimes she'll run around and hide. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you hiding from me? We can move on really fast if you simply apologize, confess your sin, and move forward. But you want to spend two hours behind the couch. Why is that, adult? Why do we do this with God? Why do we spend weeks away, years away from the church or from simply from a relationship deeper with God due to the sin in our life? He's there, arms wide open, says, come here, I love you, I want you, I, I did this for you to come to me. And it's that kindness and that love that causes us to repent. And what happens in repentance? Our minds are changed. And we have the opportunity to actually be a follower of Jesus. Hannah, come up, and uh, I'm gonna have you play a little bit. Um, I want, um, I want to... Uh, <clears throat> I want a few people being ready to pray up here. So uh, prayer team, I want you to come up and uh, get ready. I'm going to do a final charge. I'm going to hit a scripture, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna touch on uh, these things. And I hope that you're willing to confess, and I hope that you're willing to repent of being a, a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word, of being consumed. And I don't blame you. I'm not mad at you being consumed by this world because that's what the world is marketing to you. Be a consumer, please, because that's how I make more money, <laughs> says the world to you. So here's the stick. Here's the final moments. Why, Ryan, if being a believer affects my salvation, which is what I care about, that I don't spend eternity in hell, who cares about that? Yeah, everybody should have like every hand and a leg up. I care about that, right? Yes, but being a follower, will it will determine what your eternity looks like. What? I thought it matters if I get into heaven or not. It does. But that's because you were worried about you. You didn't want to spend eternity in hell. You want to spend eternity in comfort, right? But this gospel is not about you, is it? It's about Jesus. And here on earth, you have an opportunity to follow him. Why do you follow him? Because it's inconvenient. Levi, how inconvenient is it? It's, the, it's, it's Levi trying to drive across town, but makes it three hours late to everything because he stopped and talked to five people and helped out somebody. And, and, uh, and, his, and his life's upside down sometimes because he didn't get home until three in the morning because he was out ministering. Who in this room says, that's not for me? I have a schedule, and I'm sticking to my schedule. Right? Right? I go to bed at 9 p.m. every night. I'm not about to stop and pray for that person. I'm getting in bed so I can get up in the morning. This is, this, this is the crux of, of humanity and our problems with serving ourselves first and foremost, and then whatever's left over. If I can fit you into my schedule, Lord, I'll stop and pray for that man. 
some of you are like, hey, I'm not an evangelist, Ryan, so that doesn't apply. Okay, then if you're a theologian, you just don't know it yet, how often are you, uh, Ryan, I do a lot of research on a lot of things. I know a lot about a lot of things. Right, but what do you know about the gospel? Because that's what matters, that's what lasts. I don't care what you know, know about nuclear fusion or the latest thing that Elon Musk has said and the coolest thing and the latest politics. It doesn't matter. It's gonna perish. It's all gone. God's, God's knowledge is higher than the world's knowledge. The world's knowledge is exciting. I love the latest, coolest Dewalt tool that's unbelievably powerful and how small. Doesn't matter. It's all gonna decay. So there's a scripture here, and this one really hits, hits me hard. Second Corinthians says, So whether you are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. As a follower of Jesus, we are about God's pleasure, not our own pleasure. Every moment of every day, you should lose sleep about how you're going to please God tomorrow. That's it. Not how am I going to pay for this house, but how am I going to please God? How am I going to save souls and make disciples? That's what matters. I don't care what you drive. How am I going to get, how am I going to, get for, to work tomorrow? I'm out of gas. It doesn't matter. How are you going to save souls and make disciples? Well, Ryan, it does matter. Let God worry about it. He's your provider. You don't provide for you. This is the gospel. This is the weight of saying yes to being a follower of Jesus. It will cost you everything, which is good because everything you have is nothing in comparison to everything Jesus has for you. This life is but a vapor. It's evaporating as we speak. And it's gonna be over. And when it's over, it says here, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each, each one may receive what is due for what has been done in the body, means this body, whether good or evil. Wait a second, I thought when I get to heaven, God's forgotten all my sins and I'm good to go. Yes, but there's gonna be a moment at the judgment seat where we review what you did in life. Eric, in preparation for this sermon, is like, hey, Ryan, let's review your last sermon. See, you know, what you did, what you didn't do, and, you know, any words. I think I said sucks too many times last time. Well, that, that sucks, I know. But, um, no, so anyway, it, there's these, it was really fun. We had a good time. But I said to him, I said, wow, this reminds me of, like, the moment I'm going to go before the Father and account for every word that slipped out my mouth. Whew. And there's going to be a lasting effect. So here's, I'll say it one more time. And... So being a believer determines whether you spend eternity in life or death. Also, does following Jesus determine how we will live? There are rewards for those who have shared in his suffering on this earth. And they have a lasting reward. That's, that's an eternal reward. It, it, it echoes forever. So I want you to stand with me this morning. <clears throat> Father God teaches of your goodness so that our hearts will be compelled to stop thinking about ourselves. Stop thinking about things of this world and all the excitement that they can give us and all the joy the new, the new season can have for us and the new thing and the new career and the new vacation and the this and that, but that we'd look to you and your goodness, your signs and wonders for our joy level, our peace, Jesus, we thank you. Father God, may our lips worship you in truth. You are so deserving and so wonderful, so powerful and miraculous. And God, may our lips this morning bring you praise in spirit and in truth. Jesus wants to give you the fullness of the spirit, but you cannot experience the fullness of the spirit, spirit if you're going to continue to stay merely a believer. You must be a follower. There, it must cost you something. It must change your schedule. God, even now, show us ways of how we can change our schedules to be a follower of you. God, show us how you can interrupt our busy lives with something that actually matters, God. Jesus, you're wonderful and holy. May there no longer be simply a love for you, but a fear, a reverence, and an awe, a breakthrough in our life, God. Jesus, we worship you. This morning, I want you to come forward. If you need prayer, you want some breakthrough, God, hey, I want God to reveal some things to me. Come partner with somebody. They're going to pray for you. 
come on up right now. If this is your, hey, this sounds exciting. You know, I'm, I'm kind of new to faith and I think I'm a believer, but I want to go further. I want to be a follower. Uh, come on up. Maybe, you, maybe this is the first time you're becoming a believer. Come on up. We're going to pray that salvation. Come right now. Jesus, we worship you. You're holy. You're powerful. You're magnificent. from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more information about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationship. Relationship.